Switzer by six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. If that's the last image of Michael Jordan, how magnificent series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. The And the Blazers win the series for the first time in 14 years. Starch. Yes. What a move by Starch who was able to sky to the basket. John Starch was the move of the night. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. Tonight, we have a special guest, president and GM of WSJU Radio uh, at St. John's University, and one of my pals from high school, DJ Mad Max. Max and I go back to our days at Trinity High School. Uh, he's one of the good guys from Trinity, I'll tell you that. So, Max, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Paul. How, how's your night going? I appreciate you going. You know, having me on the show here. How's your night going, though? It's going pretty well. Not bad at all. Uh, you know, got some good sports on. Got some good basketball going. So, uh, so it's been a, it's been a pretty good week. So, how's it? You know, you're winding down towards the end of your time at St. John's. You know, you're a senior now. So, um with the radio station, with your show, tell a little bit, tell the audience a little bit about uh, everything you're up to. So just a little bit, you know, if, if you want to start from the beginning, I'll start from the beginning of me going to St. John's senior year of high school. You got to find out where you're going next. So I submitted my application and applied to St. John's university, found out that I was accepted. I love St. John's university right away. As soon as I went to the campus and just found out what they had to offer me, growing up listening to hip-hop i was a big nas guy so yeah. when you listen to a lot of nas you hear a lot about the queen's culture and just hear a lot about and even rock kim's rhymes too you know you hear a lot about what goes on in queens in new york so that was the perfect place for me i went to st john's it was it was probably the best decision i ever made in my life 100 percent being able to go there and start my own show at wsju radio it's been a great experience an amazing four years i was able to run my show creatively and freely because if you look at all these other college radio stations out there, they're strict on the content. I had a conversation with Ian Eagle because he was at WAER on Syracuse and these, this, that's a radio station that's strictly run. This yeah. is a radio station that has received awards. WSJU hasn't received any awards at all for, because the, the, the St. John's doesn't prioritize the radio station. At, at the campus they care more about the basketball they care more about the pharmacy they care more about the, the lawyer program that they have there whereas radio you know i took that seriously and pushed that to extreme new levels and you know here we have it today i walked in there my first semester in college i was thinking about what i wanted to do i decided you know what do i enjoy doing in my private and personal life I enjoy listening to music. I enjoy listening to the radio. So I wanted to get involved with the radio program at at, the, at St. John's University. Yeah, I ended up going to the freshman center at St. John's my freshman year. I asked around, "Where's Where's WSJU Radio?" Which is you're going to find this funny because I went there. I go in the office. 
So the first person I asked, Where, where's WSJU? Where's the station at? Because I want to get involved. The first woman didn't know where it was. And this is a person that works there. She goes and asks another person. She, she didn't even know where the station was. And then, and then the second person goes and asks another woman. She was able to tell me it's located on the fourth floor of Marillac. So I didn't, they didn't even tell me the room number. So I just went up to the fourth floor of Marillac building and was able to locate the radio station as soon as, as I got in there. Now, this is, this is going into my second semester now because uh, I, I discovered it my second semester of college for my freshman year because my freshman first semester – I wanted to get acclimated with the university and the classes and make sure that I could balance all these things that I was going to be doing throughout my time there. So the most important class that I could say that I took during my time with St. John's University, my freshman year for first semester would be speech, the public speaking class, because that not only helped me grow confidence for just doing anything in life, but radio and even TV like we're doing right now, it's crazy how radio has kind of turned into a, a TV forum, which is insane. And you know, yeah, it's it made me feel comfortable with doing that. I learned a lot about myself and doing that feedback from my classmates and peers and, and, the, and my professor, who was also a priest, uh, Pro- Professor P, Father P. You know, th- shout out to that guy, because that guy gave me some of the most humbling and uh, inspiring things ever. And, and tips and just he wrote on my paper. I'll never forget it from my last speech. It was an eight minute speech that I had to give to the class. And I, I don't remember what it was exactly. I can't remember if I gave the speech on civil rights. I can't remember what I gave the speech on hundred percent, but I remember he put at the bottom of the page in his, in his grading marks that I'm a natural at this sign this kid up for the pros. So that's, that's, something, that, yeah, that's something that's always, I, I've tucked into the back of my mind. And from there, I went into WSJU radio. I, I asked them how I could get involved. They handed me a sheet. They told me that you need to sit in on 10 hours worth of shows to get your experience. You need to do airtime. You have to learn the board. So once I learned the board and I had my 10 hours in of sitting in on shows and, and talking with the host live on air and, and feeling the comfort comfortability with it, that's when it was my time. I took my board test. I made, I was the first to ever make, I made a DJ mix for my board test. I was the first one to ever do that and talk. Yeah. Usually you just go on there and, and just talk right away. And I was able to do both. I made the DJ mix and then I was able to talk and that was it. You know, from there I got my show, the old GM there, Andrew Brown gave me a, a lot of important tips and just some things that you know, that you want to do throughout your time there. And I, I thanked them that day that I passed my board test. And he was like, the only way you can repay me is by having success with your shows. So I took the success with my shows to a whole other level as you yeah. as seen the past four years. And, you know, I started out small. You want to start out small. And I think that it's good to start out small with interviews and getting people on your show because you want yeah, to look back fine on your interview. So I started out with with uh, the first person on my show ever was actually Andrew Brown, the old GM. I just wanted to have so- someone to conversate with on my first show just to get my feet wet, per se. And from there, I started pulling independent artists in like crazy. Then yep. I worked my way into hip hop legends my sophomore year, R&B legends. And then everything forms into, you know, just running this four year long show that I've done now just running it and running it and running it, getting all the guests that I've won. And I pretty much had a, the most of the people that I wanted on my list going into start my radio show on my college radio show. I'm, you're not going to get everyone that you want always, but once I got Dave East in there, cause Dave East is my favorite rapper 
right now in the game, just how he's yeah. kept real New York hip hop sound alive with the modern era. Me, I say that to me. I say that to myself. Then and there, when I got Dave East on my show, I said, "I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish." You know, I've interviewed yeah. you know sports figures at that point, uh, hip hop and R and B legends. I've done everything that I've done at that point. Then COVID comes along. You know, I get shut out of the station. The, the school close closes. I have to figure out a way here to keep my shows going. I figured out a way to broadcast live from my YouTube channel and and basically run it off of there. You know, I had a webcam going from over here in my studio, and then eventually I ran it through Zoom and was able to, I mean, just explode, you know, in the college radio scene and do bigger and more and more interviews and more content than more than I did actually in the station, which was yeah. crazy. And who, who would have known that? my show would have grown to where it's grown now, you know, and I, I've been working at this for, you know, right now counting this year, four years. And it's like the third and fourth year were, were the ones that were just most importantly, the the fourth year was the one that just was the most important in my career. And, and here we are now, you know, you invited me on your show. I'm here, you know, any questions that you need, but that's basically the, the gist of it, you know, just putting, putting everything forward here in, to make the station better. Uh, I'm in the process right now. The station's going to be on iHeartRadio soon as a live show. That's been yeah. well, I've been fighting for that my since my sophomore year. I created the WSJU Radio Street Team. I'm I've had the designs made for merchandise at WSJU. Countless of things that were never enforced into that radio station, which is insane because I I'm someone that has a radio mind and, and cares about creative content. And that's something that I've put forth. I've wanted to bring advertisers to St. John's forever, but St. John's doesn't prioritize the radio station. If they, and if they yeah. did, they could make a lot of money with it. Well, I don't know if when I'm gone, they will be, but a hundred percent, they're not going to be, you know, but you know, I tried, I tried my best. You know, I've had an amazing experience. My four years there, you know, dreams have came true. I've had multiple people tell me that I'm well on my way. My career's already started in radio. So I graduate in three weeks. The show will go on until I get my job and what I want to do in the industry. I'm working hard. Is that right now behind the scenes? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to graduation. I'm looking forward to being done at St. John's, done with college, retired per se from writing essays. Yeah, that's the the best part. That's the best part by far. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Get, yeah, get a focus completely on what the field you want to go into, all that kind of stuff. That's the best part about graduating. You know, you don't have to take any of the other like classes on the side that, uh, you know, or have nothing to do with your major. And that's that's one of the that's one of the most tedious things that you have to do in college. But the experience is great. I'm glad you know you're um, off the charts, really. With some of the guys you got, like it's it's nuts. You got Kevin Harlan, Ian Eagle, Bob Costas, uh, a few to a few sports figures to note. How how have you gone about trying to land those kind of guys? Uh, I know everyone everyone wants to know the secret sauce. That's what the thing is. I want to know the secret recipe behind everything. I'll put it this way, you know, um, don't be afraid if you're trying to get someone on your show to reach out. You know, I've been successful in doing that. And it's all about your approach and what you've accomplished beforehand. You don't want to go in blindingly. You kind of just want to, you know, just be yourself 
and what and what and and reaching out to people to get to get people to to come on your show. And that's basically been my approach with it. A lot of people come from a, a fan a fan angle a little bit, and you know you may start out doing that, but then you realize you kind of want to be on the same level as these people. And when you're reaching out, and that's kind of how I I've been my past four years is just being on the same level, telling them about the show and then, and them wanting to come on. And that that's basically how I've went about it in, I'm going to continue going about it. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's basically the, the recipe for me in, in trying to get people on the show. Yeah, definitely. Try a bunch of different ways. That's what the audience can take away. We'll leave it at that. Um, to, as the key to landing it. So, um, go to St. John's New York kid, um big Knicks fan. So you're you gotta be rolling right now with the way that the Knicks are doing. What's it what are your thoughts on the team? What are your thoughts on on how amazing the run's been this year and how they've just exceeded every expectation? Well, I'll tell you this. The last time that I saw the Knicks in the playoffs, and I don't know what how old you were when they were in the probably you're probably a Trinity when they were in I the was. playoffs the next year. So you were probably a freshman or sophomore. I was, I was in sophomore year. You were sophomore. That. Okay, yeah, because you were two years ahead of me. So yeah. I was in eighth grade when the Knicks made the playoffs in the 2012-2013 year. And I just remember every game just feeling excitement to watch a Knicks game. Yeah, you actually had something to watch it for. They were competitive. You had J.R. Smith, who was my favorite Nick of all time, yeah. from what I've seen. You know, I love Mello, but J.R. Smith will always be my favorite Nick. Six Man of the Year. Yeah, Umon Shumpert, Pablo Prigioni, Raymond Felton, Tyson Chandler, Chris Copeland, Steve Novak. Steve Novak was a gunner from three. I mean, talk about the Aaron Rodgers celebration with the yeah. help there. I he mean, brought that to the NBA. Yeah, he he did, and. You know, Steve Novak was was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. You know, this man was going crazy from three. He led the league in three point shots made, and the the Knicks this year have really exceeded all expectations from my point. And I think all New Yorkers in the sports world, they're in a, truly an amazing sports story this year because everyone's focus right now is on the Brooklyn Nets. You know, unfortunately, even though I, I can't stand them, but thank yeah. God that the Knicks have still have maintained some way to outshine them. And, you know, the, Tom Thibodeau, I was very surprised. And I'll admit when I'm wrong. I'd always admit when I'm wrong. I didn't think he was going to be the guy to pull this team together. I thought Jason Kidd would have been somebody. But the reason why I didn't believe in Tom Thibodeau is because of his run with the Minnesota Timber, Timberwolves. I just wasn't yeah. confident in him coming here. And, you know, I felt as though he's been dried out since his time with the Bulls. And we see how he works his players. I mean, D. Rose tears his ACL. Players get injured left and right when they play for him. No, I just didn't want him bringing that to the Knicks. And I, in my interview with Frank Isola, I said, Oh, there goes RJ's knees. You know, you got a young kid coming in here that we're trying to see if they, he can reach the superstar level, which he is. It's surprisingly is really starting to take his strides this year. I'm surprised about scoring 20 points a game here, especially last night. I think he scored 22 points against the Houston Rockets yeah, last I night. I think so. I think it was like he was 22, I think. Yeah, he, he, he was racking up the boards last night and he's been doing yeah. it pretty much all season. And, I was surprised that Thibodeau was the guy for the job and he's proven me wrong every step of the way. And, you know, I'm looking forward to see what this Knicks team can do. They have, I believe the Grizzlies tonight at 9 PM. I'll be tuning yeah. into that. Sure. I will say this, a big Testament to the Knicks came last week for me when they played the Phoenix Suns, they were going on this big run. I said, Oh, the yeah. Knicks are, they're on their, uh, what was it? 11 game win streak. Was that what it was? 11 game win streak. Yeah, it was 11. It was 11. It was, it was 11 game win streak. 
I said, their test is going to be the Phoenix Suns. I said, watch. Yeah. I said, they're going to lose against Phoenix because they're a tough team. And they did. So they exceeded my expectations. They're not a championship team yet. They need one star player. I do, I do believe that. They still need – I'd say the two players away. They need a star player, and they need a really good draft pick. Once yeah, they get those two players in and they, and they keep the team that they have together right now, Knicks are a championship team. Yeah. No doubt about it. They can go to the finals because they can beat anybody. They're beating, they're beating teams. I mean, the Bucks when they blew out the Bucks at the beginning of the year, I mean, unbelievable. They're, they're beating teams that they shouldn't even be keeping up with. And this is a team that you know would you you knew what would happen if when they were coached under Fizdale. I mean, yeah. Mike Miller, we knew what was going on there. Jeff Hornacek years were just night. That was like the, my high school years on top of it. Just talk about a nightmare. Yeah, that but was this terrible. Is a team that you, back in the day, like in these times, you would never expect them to even compete with these teams. Oh, that's a blowout. Tom Thibodeau has brought them to such relevancy and, and such a competitive team. It's insane what he's done. You know, yeah. they, they, no team is guaranteed to beat the Knicks. I, I can guarantee that tonight on this show right here there's no team out there that you can guarantee will defeat the new york knicks just based on how they perform julius randall's i don't get why people don't think he should be mvp you take julius randall off this team the knicks aren't winning a lot of these games they're, no, they're no. Keeping up they're keeping up 100 but they're not winning a lot of these games julius randall no, yeah. become the face and star of the new york knicks you know he's 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 the next mellow per se since, he's the first star that we've had since mellow yeah no, definitely. Um, that that's that so is, and like, and it's you know, kind of, it's like they've been going back and forth, um, on how dominant it's been this year, and you know who, like, how specifically who they can beat. All those teams, um, like the Suns were a huge matchup. Um, they they beat up on a lot of good talent, but the question was like, are they actually a championship team? Mm-hmm. And that was a good point is that the Suns game kind of showed them that, you know, where we can enjoy this for now. And there are going to be a tough out in the playoffs without a doubt. Like nobody's going to want to deal with them in the playoffs. No, there's still definitely, there's still definitely a little ways away. I like what you said, the player, like one star player in a draft pick away. I think like a Damian Lillard trade would be, spectacular i love damian lord he's almost like our missing piece you know he's a lethal three-point shooter him and randall and barrett being the big three would be fantastic and then just one of your draft picks panning out to being a good player you know you already have quickly who's becoming a a very good player is he going to be a stud or like he's going to be a perennial all-star i'm not sure but he's going to be a very valuable piece to a winning team um he's got great nba potential the jury's still out on Toppin. Uh, I'm True. I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, I th- I had high expectations with him from Dayton, and I mean, he's put up a couple of good three point shots uh, a few games ago. He made a, f- a few clutch threes. He has a, a nice couple dunks. But besides that, you know, I need more. You know, the fact that Quickly's outdoing you, and we drafted him in the with the with the like the tw- in the twenties. You know, that's not that's not a good sign. But you know, he, players take you know slower times sometimes when they're progressing to the next level. And I think that's what we have with Obi Toppin. You know, R.J. Barrett kind of didn't really pan out last year, but we see what he's done this year, and it's it's all the coaching. Thibodeau came in here. He put his, his front foot forward and put it on the pedal to the point yeah. where the Knicks are a playoff team and the, the fourth 
seed in the Eastern Conference, which is insane. And who would have ever thought that? Yeah. That's exactly it. And, like, it's, you know, um, they, they've exceeded expectations to an extreme degree. Thibodeau um, is a great head coach. And I know that uh, I, I felt similar with the whole Timberwolves thing and, like, how they went, um, how they were, like, you know, they, it's, a dis, it's just a dysfunctional franchise. It really is. And that's what it comes down to. Thibodeau's mindset is great for New York basketball, too. You know, just a gritty, hard-nosed, mm-hmm. defensive-minded play. When the Knicks are at their best, they're always like that. And that's that's what's going to lead them to being to being at the top. I'm just I'm just relieved that we finally have our star player. You know, a lot of people when Porzingis got traded were were pretty upset, and you know we felt like we lost like our peace and things like that. But Randall's better than Porzingis. Yeah, he, he oh, is. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'd agree with you on that. I mean, Porzingis, yeah. he was never going to be right for this team. I mean, the injuries. I mean, the odds of a, a seven foot three guy staying in the league as long as we want him to. I mean, we still see him in Dallas. I mean, he'll have his nights, but then you read the the bottom of ESPN, he's injured. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of injury issues, and I think the Knicks made that trade for the better. I think they the reason why they made it was ridiculous because they wanted to bring in KD and Kyrie, which they failed yeah. miserably at. Exactly. Know, and, and but the Knicks is the Knicks plan has worked in more ways than one here, and I'm surprised that they have even been able to pull out the wins that they have had. The, the coaching staff is is amazing. Mike Woodson comes back and, you know, well, he's not there now. You know, he just. Yeah, but he did. Back. And he was a big impact, too. He was. And I always said that. I said, because after Woodson left, they went on a, a three-game or four-game losing streak. I said, we yeah. want to bet Woodson was the magic charm to this team. They keep getting rid of this guy. You know, he brings the magic in the building yeah. for, the, for, the, for the Madison Square Garden. And you know, the Knicks have figured it out, and t- it's all Thibodeau. It, it's all Tom Thibodeau, and he deserves Coach of the Year. There isn't another coach in the league right now that deserves that award more than Tom Thibodeau. I completely agree. You can't give it to anybody else. Like no. I the Quinn Snyder argument with the Jazz and all that stuff. But it, I mean, if you want to do a, a, if you're voting for a coach that has is winning for his team the most, it's Thibodeau without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So jumping into Knicks all time greats, gotta ask you, diehard Knicks fan. Who are your top five Knicks of all time? Ooh, that's that's tough. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you like this. I gotta give it to you right now. I gotta go Julius Randle right now. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony. Okay. J.R. Smith. Just from what I've seen, you know, because uh, is is this a question of my top five Knicks? Just what I've seen from old footage. Like, do you want me to include Pat Ewing in it, or do you want me to include what I've seen? Oh yeah, you do do your five favorites, and then you could do it all time. Like okay, I'll do my five. Okay, five favorites of all time. I'll go Mello, J.R. Smith, Julius Randle, Steve Novak. Steve Novak loved him. Steve No Steve Novak all time. I'm trying to think of some other ones there. Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. And I have to go with for the last. That's four, right? Yeah. That's four. Yeah. And I got to go. I got to go with one more. I'm, I'm trying to think of Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Love Tyson Chandler. All from the 2012 13 team. I like it. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a highlight of my life that year because that's the last time the Knicks were good. <laughs> I know. It was like it was the best time. I, it was. Uh, that was the best year to be a Knicks fan. Like, I, I'll never forget that year, sophomore year of high school um, for me. 
And I just I remember it so vividly watching every game, and that team was just so in sync. I loved it. It was it, it was so much fun. There, and there then no other time like it, man. Yeah, not not at all. Yeah. And yeah, for me, like my favorite Knicks of all time, I got to put Marbury on there. I was mm-hmm. a diehard Marbury fan when I was a kid. Um, Allen Houston got to put on. I was a big Allen Houston fan too. In so between. I'm probably throwing a little early 2000s guys in there's some guys that like when i first started getting into basketball when i was like six seven years old that like i grew up watching um gotta throw those two in there uh carmelo have to like it has to be carmelo because you know carmelo was the one superstar that wanted to win with the knicks you know and that's that's what you can knock Melo all you want with anything else but you can't knock him with his uh um loyalty without a doubt He, he wanted to win for new york and they, unlike they, LeBron, unlike LeBron, you know, LeBron, you know, he thinks he's the greatest of all time. You take on an actual challenge and win a ring for New York instead of going to all these other teams that have so, good players or good players come with you, you know, take on an actual challenge. That's why LeBron, you know, he, he'll go down as one of the greatest. But, you know, you kind of got to look at some of the teams that he's been on. It's, you know, did he really take on an actual challenge? You know? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That's that's exactly how I feel, too, about LeBron. He's not he's not in the same tier as Jordan. You can't. No, he's not even the same tier as Kobe. Kobe stayed yeah. on the same team for his whole career. He didn't uh, leave through all the ins and outs, and won with teams that he was given to. You know, yep. you, you look you look at those two championships that Kobe won without Shaq. Like the the one that he beat Boston was the pinnacle of his career, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. When he knocked off the big three Celtics with a team of him. Lamar Odom, Pau Gasol, and like Derek Fisher, like that's a that's a solid team. Like those are good players, oh, but it, but we're talking about the big three Celtics, the big four Celtics, if you want to include Rondo too. Yeah, like I, they they were supposed to be a powerhouse that was going to win like three, four consecutive championships. They only ended up winning one, but <laughs> that was you know. And then they tried to go and do it for the Nets. Remember the Nets trade? The Nets thought they were going to pull some championships away, and that didn't happen. I love. I thought that was hilarious because that was in the 2012-13 season mm-hmm. when the Knicks were so good and New- the New Jersey Nets moved to Brooklyn and they were like, "Oh, we got we got like the best team in New York now because they traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and we annihilated them every time we played them." And I loved it. It was yeah. it was fantastic. Like it yeah, was. Yeah. I loved when we were playing against them. That's how I. That's how I ended up hating the Nets because I didn't really hate the Nets when they were in New Jersey that much. Because yeah, were- I didn't either. I said the same thing yeah. every day because that was their own state. That was their own territory. Now you're yeah. in New York. Now you're trying to to come onto the Knicks territory and take fans away. That's that's what I have the problem with. And of course, all the young clout chasing fans out there are going to go and jump on the bandwagon when they see KD and Kyrie Irving go and play for that team. But you know, I'm always I'm, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. So Knicks tape forever, man. Exactly. That's how that's how it goes. And to be honest with you, even if the Nets win a championship too, uh, it's the Knicks are still going to run New York. I yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yep. It's, it's inevitable. And if like, and if a Nets fan thinks otherwise, like you, you walk around the city of New York, see, there's <laughs> there's not that many Nets fans. Like you want you want to walk you want to ask anybody around who their favorite basketball team, anyone living in the city is the Knicks. Like one hundred percent. You know, it's kind of crazy though. I think the younger generation. Because they're so bandwagony, and the fact that like the phones have taken over yeah. so much, and uh, they're gonna hop on the trends. And I saw a lot of Spen- Spencer Dinwiddie jerseys, KD Kyrie Irving jerseys, all over St. John's campus when they announced that they were going to the Nets. And it's just it makes you think, oh, there's the hype beast, and you know, here's me, I'm still rocking with my, I got a Tim Hardaway Jr. Knicks jersey on. It's yeah. that's how much of a diehard Knicks fan I am. It 
you know, I'll rock that over a Kyrie Irving Nets jersey. Yeah. Tim Hardaway. I had Tim Hardaway Jr. T-shirt. I had J.R. Smith T-shirt. I remember that. I got that at the Garden, too, when they made the playoffs that season. That was fire. And I had an Aaron Aflalo (laughs) T-shirt. Number four. (laughs) Number four. Number four. And I once they signed Joe Kim Noah, I got a Joe Kim Noah T-shirt. Oh, Um, you regret that heavily. I regret that. This is in my basement. But, you know, I, I did have those. So it was tough. So now, so jumping from the Knicks to the rest of the NBA, um, you know, a lot of stuff has been going on besides besides the Knicks. It's been very interesting. The Lakers are falling now from the, down to the sixth and seventh seed. They might have to play in the play-in. Uh, who who is your take on the deadliest team in each conference? It's mm, a good question. I think I think you got to count the Nets. 100%. I think you count the Knicks too. Like you got the yeah. Knicks are a sleeper team. Like I said, there's no guarantee that any team could beat the Knicks 100%. I think I think the Nets you just got to look at it from the standpoint that James Harden's going to come back. He's going to come back and put up all the points that he was putting up. I mean, he was really the anchor and face of this Nets team when when Kyrie and KD were down. I think Kyrie was off partying somewhere and KD's just been sitting uh, uh, on the sidelines making a fashion statement. But I mean, exactly. besides that, I mean, James Harden really held down that team. If he comes back, you know, the chemistry, there may be some uh, bumps and shakes in the road with the chemistry for the Nets once he comes back because you have so many egos on the court at once, especially when playoff time comes about. But I think they're going to be a dangerous team from that standpoint. But if we're moving towards the West, I really like the Nuggets. I really enjoy yeah. watching the Nuggets team. I mean, Jokic, I mean, I wish the Knicks drafted him. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a team that I look at that could be a sleeper team. Of course, the Jazz is dangerous. The Jazz is a dangerous team. Donovan yeah. Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. I mean, these West teams are just they're stacked. Yeah, you well, know they, they so are. It's ridiculous. And like the Nuggets are a slept on team too. They yeah, made- they are. That's why I said they're a sleeper team. And yeah, Jokic. I mean. This is a guy that I, I've been watching since the skills challenge when he went up against Porzingis. I mean, yeah. this that's a guy that I, I've wanted on the Knicks, you know, for a long time. And look what he's panned out to be. He's a he's a uh-huh. top guy in the league. And you know, the, those are my teams that I would watch out for. 100%, yeah. You know, and you and it's crazy that you got to put the Knicks in there, but the Knicks are 100. You got to put in there. They're scary. No one wants. Yeah. No one's not going to want to match up with them, especially if they get the four seed and they get home court advantage against either um, the Hawks or the Heat, depending on who get the five seed right now. Like they're not going to want to play them. There's, there's not, there's not a shot. And yeah, you know, I, I agree with the Nets. Uh, my deadliest team in the West, I think, is the Jazz. Um, I like to roll with the Jazz because I think they're so locked in and they're, you know. They're starting to build to build a mold together. They have a good core. Uh, they play great basketball together. They play great off the ball too. Great ball movements. It's almost similar. Like you know, you can't give them this high of praise, but similar to like the Spurs, like mm-hmm. how like how they played. You know, it was never one player. Like Tim Duncan was the star, but mm-hmm. the the Spurs ball movement was ridiculous. They were well coached. Uh, they had so many guys who could hit a big shot. That's what I think the Jazz are. And the Jazz, you know, they're coming off of a tough loss in the playoffs last year. I think that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder and try to make a push. I like. I'm not too certain that you know the Lakers are going to 100 percent repeat. I don't even. Th- I don't even know if they're going to make it out of the West. Yeah, it doesn't even look at look that way. And yeah. I needed the Lakers to do something because I wanted them to take the Nets down and. Yeah. You know, maybe the Nets can either self-destruct or 
the Jazz can pull it together, or hey, even maybe the Knicks can take them down in, in the own. I think we may face them if we can get all, get out of the the playoff series that the Knicks yeah. have to face first. If I think we get, we'll end up facing the Nets. If we get the four seed, then we play the five seed first round. If we win that series, we would take on whoever the one seed is. I think as as of right now, it's the Sixers, but it's close, and the Nets are only like they keep going back and forth. So whoever ends up getting that one seed, we might end up facing um like in a second round if we win the first round and you know we could we could like not saying we're going to beat them but we could we can mess around with them a little bit like we're not going to make it easy on anybody that's for sure that's that's going to be the good thing and also also you know the problem about the nets too is just i with their chemistry is just not going to be they they've played almost no games with Kyrie Harden and KD all on the on the floor together. Like I understand those are all three great players, but like when you got three dynamic players like that, you got to form some type of chemistry. And mm-hmm. they can end up blowing games in the playoffs if they all become back healthy. You know, I'm not too sold that you know, these these injuries are big. And you, you never know if somebody's going to go down, you never know if Kyrie's going to go missing again and uh <laughs> you know, KD gets another injury. James Harden's almost never injured, so this uh, so this injury was you know kind of shocking. He plays crazy. He plays every day, and it's ridiculous. He's so durable, but I like that. So who? So then, if you had to choose the finals, who do you think is going to be in the finals? That's a good question. I would say right now, I'd say you got to give it to the Jazz and then the Nets. Yeah, Jazz and Nets. I like that. I'm going going Clippers and Sixers. Mm. My pick right now. I think the Clippers could make a run. They, you know, I think there's a lot of different teams, but if I'm going to go outside the box, maybe we'll say Clippers and Sixers. Um, I'm not too sold on the Nets completely. You know, definitely, you know, making it. I think that they're going to, if they're all coming back healthy, they're going to make it very difficult. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I keep thinking about because do I? If they don't come back healthy, then no, Nets aren't going to make it. But if they exactly. all come back and it's it's a wrap, you know, because it's like how do you even keep up with that three? gunslingers and ugh, it's true if if they're all locked in you know if all three of them are back and they're all locked in they there's no excuse not to win the championship you no. know that's the thing but if they're injured one guy's not playing or their chemistry is off totally different story but if they're completely locked in like it's unfair to have kd harden and Kyrie all on the floor on the same team like it's ridiculous so but i think the clippers i think the clippers might make it interesting in the west there's so many you know, the Jazz, Nuggets, and Clippers are all teams that, like, I'm excited for in the playoffs. Those three teams specifically because the Clippers got knocked out last year, didn't didn't even make it to Western Conference Finals, and they are 100%. Kawhi's a winner, too. Like, they're 100% going to be coming out strong. They got a revamped team that's pretty good. Uh, the Nuggets are going to come back, are coming back strong. They're finally locked in. Not having Jamal Murray is going to hurt, definitely. Yeah. You know, that might hurt them a bit. But and then the Jazz have just been so locked in all season. They've been beating up on everybody. So it's it's just been it's just been so interesting that I think that there's going to be the Western Conference playoffs specifically. The, a lot of those matchups are going to be like must watch because it's there, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I, yeah. I think for sure. So now, so now jumping from the NBA, we got to talk some rap. You're a huge oh. hip hop fan. Uh, sports and hip hop with DJ Mad Max uh, is your show. So, mm-hmm. first things first. My favorite artist is J Cole. So, guy, he went to St. John's. He went to St. John's. Yeah, tried out for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I read. Did you read that? Uh, 
what you call the Players Tribune article that he put out like over the summer. He would like he talked about like his time at St. John's. It was actually it was pretty good. But yeah, I read that. Yeah, he he hasn't come out with anything in three years now. And no. they just and they were just teasing something. Um I don't know if you saw it. On his story I was seeing. Yeah. They're, te- they're teasing that he might be dropping a new album within the coming weeks. Kendrick Lamar's uh record label teased something too. You know, do you do you have any guesses on if they're going to retire? I mean, Kendrick Lamar has been almost four years. I mean, it's been over four years now since he's dropped anything. It's been three years for J. Cole. You know, they're the two of the greatest, two of my favorites. So I there'd be nothing better if to than to see them drop albums. Uh, the thing about I'll, I'll I'll put it to you this way. I think it would be good for them to drop albums if they're like anything that they had in like the past years with 2014 Forest Hills. I think that's J. Cole's probably his greatest. I mean, you could probably say the one before that was was better mm-hmm. or thinner. You could probably say that was his best album. I, that's the J. Yeah. Cole that I liked when he dropped K.O.D. I wasn't a big fan of that album. I felt as though it was too mainstreamy for my take. Same with Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Everyone on Twitter took to Twitter as soon as Kent damn drop and claim yeah. Kendrick Lamar to be the greatest rapper of all time. And yeah. I didn't want to hear that because there's so many great rappers of all time. And Kendrick, it's just, he's just a scratch on greatest of all time. And, yeah. and that's no knock either. Cause it's true. Like the damn album. I, I, it just wasn't my favorite. I think good kid, mad city will always be his greatest album of all time to Pimp I, a Butterfly was good. Yeah. But you know, damn wasn't my, my my taste in his in his discography at all yeah good kid mad city like pound for pound was probably oh yeah that's his best album from like beginning to end was so good damn was great but like but it's good kid mad city kind of put him on the map and kind of put him in the mainstream too you know he was around and stuff but you know there was so many classics on there and j cole too um the his best album is probably four Hills drive uh yeah that's like his most mainstream album, but pound for pound is his best. There's not a single bad song on that album. That's no. kind of like he was he was like a mid-tier rapper. He elevated from like a mid-tier to like top of the game mm. with that album too. I remember when that dropped senior year of high school. Uh that was that was nuts. But yeah. I I know KOD was interesting. I liked I liked it a bit just because you know it was a different kind of style. It was very mainstream and it was like a lot of, uh, you know, the kind of flow that these new rappers are showing and, you know, don't really love that. But Dave, Dave East, Dave East, um, been listening to him a lot. He's good. Uh, become a pretty big fan, but I still, still always listen to the classic, always listen to the 90s, 2000s. Jay Z is my all time favorite, which Jay Cole's my favorite right now. Jay Z is my all time favorite. You can't beat Jay Z. So jumping jumping from that, who are your top five rappers of all time? This is a mm-hmm. tough one, and yeah. it doesn't have to be in any particular order because it's very difficult. But if you had to take five that you just can't be without, who who would they be? That can't be without. Ooh, that's that's a tough one. I got to go Tupac, Biggie, of course. You got to go with those two. Mm-hmm. I got to go Nas. Yep. Big pun. Big pun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trying to think for that fifth spot, you could slide. You could slide Eminem in there, probably for the fifth slot. Yeah, I li- I like that because mine, I got uh, Pac and Big too, and Nas mm-hmm. and Jay Z and uh, Eminem is my top five because mm-hmm. uh, you know now, especially growing up in New York too, you cannot be a Nas fan if you're a hip hop fan. Nas, yeah, is, no. 
the greatest, yeah. probably the greatest hip hop album of all time. Yeah, know, Illmatic. That that the people say there's nothing perfect in life. That album was perfect. You can't yeah. skip one song off that. It's a bona fide classic. You know, this was the savior for hip hop yeah. at a time when it was going mainstream, and he just he just wasn't having it. He dropped Illmatic, and you know it became a success, and we still talk about it 25, 30 years later. It's crazy. No, definitely. That's. It's and it got like uh, it got recognition, got put in a museum. I saw it too. Yeah, it did. That just goes to show you how iconic it is. You know, that's it's, un- it's unbelievable. If anybody, anybody watching, anybody listening hasn't listened to Illmatic completely, like, and you're a hip hop fan, I don't, I don't know, I can't understand if you're a hip hop fan and have not listened to it completely. It's kind of like you're you're missing out right now, but you got to go catch up because that's probably the best album. Um, in my opinion, I agree. I think, I think that, and honestly, the black album from Jay-Z, um, I think it's one of the best ever, like mm-hmm. pound for pound beginning. People, pound. people, the, the black album has a cult following. I noticed that my favorite yeah. Jay-Z album is probably, I'd have to say blueprint as much as reasonable blueprint. doubt was, was, was nice. Of course it was his debut. You had Biggie on there, Mary J. Blige on there. Yeah. I think you got to go blueprint for me. If someone asked me what's your favorite Jay Z album, I'd have to go Blueprint. Yeah, I, like, I don't like the Takeover, Ether, Ether all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ether. Yep, there you go, there you go. That's a great song. That's yeah. that is sick. That was like, but you see, they um, speaking of the Nas Jay Z beef, you see, they just dropped something on DJ Khaled. Sorry, not sorry. Yep. Sorry, not sorry. I, I listened to that. It was like, it was like, it, I kind of wish it was an old school beat that they put on it. It wasn't really like. It was kind of like a new th- new thing. I didn't feel like it didn't roll well with them, but I'm I was just happy to see the two of them together. You know, yeah, that was sick. That yeah, was it's, cool. it's good for hip hop. You know, they they went through their beef for so many years, and it's still brought up today, like it's relevant, which is insane. And people still have debates over it. Nas, Jay Z. I'm always gonna go Nas just because you know I'm, I'm in Queens all the time. Yeah. Nas is my favorite rapper of all time, and Illmatic. You know, it's the greatest hip hop album of all time. So that's why I always put. Nas over Jay-Z, but Jay-Z did a lot for hip-hop. You know, people, that's people's, that's your GOAT. That's other people's GOATs. My GOAT is Nas, you know. because Exactly. <laughs> everybody's got a different GOAT. And, you know, there's yeah. no way that you can define it, too. It's like everybody's got a different top five, so there's no top five that's wrong. You know, you, you some people's GOATs are Eminem. I'm big Eminem fan, but, you know, um, if, you know, if you want to go into, like, how many records are sold and all that kind of stuff, then Eminem's definitely got to be in the conversation. But if you're talking about influence on the game, it's like Tupac and Biggie, you know, even though they didn't release as much stuff as, obviously, the guys yeah. that came after them. Uh, but if you're talking about influence on the game and, like, people that kind of, that are just icons, you know, it's it's got to be them. And Tupac, yeah. um, definitely... Definitely Tupac is probably my second favorite, I would say. Um, Tupac's influence. It's his influence and his message. Tupac, Tupac hit Tupac. Tupac went into territories that a lot of rappers wouldn't. I mean, Brenda's got a baby. I mean, we're talking yeah. about stories that are just, you know, that people wouldn't even dare to rap on a record. Yeah. We're talking dangerous topics. And Tupac did it. NWA did it. Public Enemy did it. But Tupac did it in a way where it transcended the whole world per se. Yeah, it got to, it got to people more the way that Tupac did it. I feel like yeah. you know NWA did a great job of like you know they were kind of like they emerged onto the scene and everybody was like kind of like thrown off like wow like they're yeah. they're like, they're aggressive you know like no one's ever heard anything like that but it was good it was like because they're you know it's a, an expression of their type of lifestyle. 
you know, there's uh, you get an expression with every different kind of genre of music. You get a different kind of expression of a different kind of lifestyle, you know, and that's the beauty of it. But I, yeah, exactly. Tupac was like he he had the message and he went about it in a lot of different ways. And, you know, he wanted like what was best for the community. You know, that was uh, the big message. That's what that's what I like about him, too. All of his songs were great and they were just they had good messages. You know, they're great to listen to, too, when you're, you know, down, anything like that. Uh, that's how I that's how I've always been a big Tupac fan. Yeah. But uh, so if you had to take three artists um, that you hope drop albums that you think are due or anything in 2021, who would be the three that you want to see? Mm, that's tough. It's so difficult because, you know, I, even though I do a lot of interviews with hip hop artists, it's really difficult to to really pinpoint on the artists that are really good in the game right now because it's, you know, I'm, I'm a big old school hip hop guy. Yeah. I think I want to see more, you know, of course, Dave East. I'm curious to see something from Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, but I want to see some of these old school rappers come out with some albums in, yeah. and, and, and see more Nas. I mean, he's coming off of his King's Disease Grammy. You know, I'd love yeah. to see what's next, but we he may not drop another album this year. I'm trying to think of who else could be dropping an album. That's 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 difficult. There's a lot of there's a lot of them. I think yeah. I, I gotta go with Dave. I always like to hear Dave yeah. drop something. J. Cole, if he goes back to his old form. So we got two right there. And I'll go third with this. You know, it's related to Kendrick Lamar. Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q. That's a good yeah. one. That's because good Oxymoron one. was one of my favorite albums growing up and, and during yeah. the, the high school era, my freshman year of high school. Because my favorite rapper on TDE, Schoolboy Q. I'll say that all day and long. I think he could outrap Kendrick yeah. you know, on, on certain days. I really do. That man is... That man's underrated like crazy. I mean, the, just the things that you're saying on Break Break the Bank, Collar Greens, Man yeah. of the Year, Studio, uh, The Purge. I mean, this is this guy's. I, I got to go with Schoolboy Q. I want to. I want to see something from him this year. I like that. We haven't because we haven't. You know, Schoolboy Q came onto the map, and that album was absolutely loaded too. When mm-hmm. when that dropped in high school, um, and you know, it's been a little quiet since then. You know, he's come out with stuff, and but it has he hasn't been in the limelight that much. That would be big, you know, if he if he dropped something. I always like, you know, I'm glad that I haven't listened to completely through DJ Khaled's uh, new album yet, but I always like when DJ Khaled drops something because he always. He's the goat when it comes to beats. Love him. Um, one, one of the goats might not be the goat, but <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna yeah. say because I can drop DJ Premier. I could drop all yeah. these '90s producers on there, but you know, I get I get to like to the newer audience and stuff. Yeah, people will say that even though the, the DJ Khaled is the type that's like, oh, do this for the track. He's he's more of like more of a visionary kind of directs what he wants to sound from what I've heard. He's not really hands-on with the track. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of, and, and the same way for Diddy. I've heard that Diddy, all the stuff that he did back in the day with bad boy, he was kind of the, the visionary for it. He kind of directed the producers, what he wanted it to sound like more is yeah. that's where the whole difference between beat making and producing comes from. And that's why I put Khaled, uh, Suge Knight kind of, I mean, you could yeah. put, well, he's executive producer, but, you kind of got to put Khaled in there and and, and Diddy in that in that bracket per se, but just because of the are they a visionary or an actual hands on beat maker? 
Yeah, exactly. Now, I'll, tell you, I'll take your word for it because that's that's probably how it goes. You never really know what goes on behind the scenes, but no, but that's for sure. I got got to listen to that. That's going to be good. I wanted to, you know, um, that would be sick if Schoolboy drops an album. You know, J. Cole and Kendrick are at the top of my list. Uh, it's been long overdue for both of them. And it looks like we're getting a J. Cole. It's probably going to be a mixtape, though, the off season. It's, it looks like. Yeah. It might not be a full blown album. He's kind of got he's got like kind of a lineup that he's teased the off season with his mixtape, and then his next album will be the fall off, and then after that he's teased potential retirement. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But you know, it's going to be an interesting year. It's definitely going to be an interesting year. Yeah, so, so I'm I'm excited for it. But yeah, I am, man. Yeah, for without a doubt. That well, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D, and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can always follow me. You can also follow me on Twitter, where I'm very active at, at p underscore smooth underscore three. Max, it was a pleasure. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining me for tonight's episode. Where can the audience catch you in your show? They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Real Max T H E R E E L M A X. Once again, T H E R E E L M A X. You can check out all of my shows live Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on my YouTube channel, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. You can stream it from my website, maxrcoglan.com, M A X R C O U G H L A N.com. And when we're live every Monday and Wednesday night, unless there's, I have a book full of interviews more one week and I got to go live more than once. And, no, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you, Paul, for having me. It was a great show. You know, anytime, anytime you want me on, I'm here. And you know, good luck with the show, man. You know, keep doing what you're doing here. I had no idea that you were in the podcast, and until you you hit yeah. me up for the interview, and you know, keep going with it, man. It was good. I enjoyed it. Definitely, I appreciate it. We're definitely gonna have you on again. We'll take you up on that. And everybody, go check out Max. He's killing it over there. WSJU built that. Built it completely up. His show is is fire. He's got. Anywhere from big artists to big name broadcasters to up and coming artists, it's it's insane. So yeah, everybody's got to go check that out. So I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at seven. Have a great night, everyone.